Hello, and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Basca, and today I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming three wonderful women onto the show to discuss a really remarkable, beautiful romantic drama, See You Then. Director Mari Walker, actresses Puya Moseni, and Lin Chen are here to discuss this fabulous film. I love Mari Walker. Okay. I want to just say how much I loved this film and how wonderfully affirming I found it to be in terms of what it is to be a woman, what you lose and what is taken from you in the experience of being a woman. And I applaud all three of you for your experience as women that you brought to this film. And I just want to say how tremendous it is to oh. have the experience of being able to talk to you about it. Thank you. Thank you so much. But I want to ask, though, given that your film very directly confronts such a painful emotional process, how did you first decide that you were going to be able to make this as a film? What drew you to make this now? I've been wanting to make a film for about, oh, gosh, 15 years, probably at that point, uh, by the time we were on set and... uh, Everything that I had written was kind of big. It was, it was impossible to finance as a first-time filmmaker, particularly someone who's Asian-American and trans. And at the time, I was just going through a lot of the questions and the themes that the film presents about femininity and what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a mother? What does it mean to be... How, to, how do you find that work-life balance so that you could uh, actually function in life? And all those things were sort of rolling around in my head as as Kristen Uno, my co-writer, and I began to write it. And we sort of used the script as a form of art therapy, really, in a lot of ways, just to be able to sort of excise these feelings and these emotions that we were going through. And then before you knew it, the characters actually took shape and took on a life of their own and started saying things that I wasn't expecting, but still being blown away by. And, uh, and that's when we knew we had something that we wanted to bring out into the world that we felt like we hadn't quite seen before. It really is wonderful, too, because it feels so personal in terms of the performances that you two give as well, Lynn and Puya. And I wondered if maybe you could share a little bit about how you found your way in through the script. Yeah, I feel like there were a lot of things that I related to with Naomi in terms of feminism and identity and what it means to have this idea of your future and then have it completely change as, as, as you age. But there were also so many things that I was not familiar with, like being a performance artist. That was totally new for me. And so for me, a lot of it was this guidance of the script, you know, the script I felt was so strong, and gave so many clues as to who, who she was, and who Puya's character was. And through that, it was just a matter of getting together with Puya and with Mari and just fleshing out everything that was rock solid in this script. Did you feel like you had to do a lot of research for this role coming into the experience? I didn't know, as I said, much about the performance art world and Mari and Chris provided a whole bunch of resources for me to read about. Um, but you didn't have to like actually shoot things out of your, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm just a question. That's all. <laughs> um, I did some visualization. 
Okay. Deep Good to meditation know. and visualization. Good to know. So Good to know. I could see, I could conjure up those feelings. I gotcha. I gotcha. It's more imagining. Gotcha. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But for you, Puya, I thoroughly believed you as this character that had this warm and loving relationship. And I loved the chemistry that you two had together. And I want to know how you found your way into all of this script, all of this everything. Okay, I've just made it really big and very generic. I'm sorry. Well, well, we'll find our way through it together. <laughs> the, the beauty of the story that you saw is really the credit goes to Maria and Kristen Uno. So that's where the story comes from. What you see on the screen is the work that Lynn and I were able to do because of the love and the support that was given to us from Mari, from Kristen, from the whole team. So we could be completely bare emotionally and vulnerable to each other. As for my personal experiences, this is when, uh, when I have a slight problem when cisgender actors play trans characters, because then the gender becomes a matter of performance. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of mirror watching. <laughs> and I remember telling Mari, I'm like, no mirror. There's not going to be any mirror moment in this. Um, because the experience of the character, uh, the Chris character, what she had gone through, finding herself, uh, fully realizing the woman that she saw herself to be, that wasn't a matter of performance. It was a matter of maturing and developing like a cisgender person, except that a cisgender person has a full life to do it. And a, and a trans person kind of like has to do it in a you know, very condensed, compacted period of time to my own past, whether it happens to be, uh, you know, self-destructive behavior or suicide attempts or any of that. Well, that allowed me to be able to quite know when Chris is talking about the dark days, the time when she hadn't quite found herself, when she was kind of sinking or drowning before that moment of realization came, I knew internally what that meant. And to be able to then convey that to Lynn's character, that part of it comes from Lynn and I really bonding as people and as actors, so that when we would look at each other, we could completely immerse ourselves in the characters because of trust. Mm-hmm. Because I can completely show my heart to you and can completely show the good, the bad, the messy, the human parts of me and know that you are there to receive it. And when you have that kind of a mutual respect and love and closeness as actors, then the performance that you can bring has the permission and the opportunity to be completely raw. And hopefully that is something that people will be able to gravitate towards and and connect to because we didn't want to put on these performances. We wanted to be as though the two people are just sitting and there's nobody else so that the audience can have a glimpse into their pain and into their love and connection as opposed to us presenting it to them. And what's lovely about the performance, too, I'm going to give away a, a couple of minor spoilers right here. But what's lovely about the performance, too, was that I kept feeling like 
Chris was holding back. Chris was presenting a version of herself until that very end. And I just lost it when I suddenly felt like there was this wonderful representation on screen that echoed the facade that I feel goes up with trans representation on screen by cisgendered people and then seeing that come away so quickly with such raw vulnerability in the last act. I loved that and I I adored that and I just want to say uh, so many emotions about that particular moment. And I, I love that you were able to bring this raw vulnerability to the whole thing. But I also want to say, I actually didn't know about the self-destructive behavior and all of those dark days in that way exactly. I had read more about kind of the horrible, hateful acts that had occurred in Iran that I was referring to and didn't really want to bring up. But I... I just want to affirm that you are amazing and none of it is, you know, in any way your fault. And you obviously are an amazingly intelligent person who's overcome so much, but I'm feeling the love area. And Thank just, you. just so you know, as someone who's been suicidally depressed myself, like I understand how difficult it can be to kind of overcome that and to be in this space of performing every day. And I really deeply appreciate what you do. Just you make my day. Say Thank you. So anyway, <laughs> but back to you, Mari. In terms of directing these two, how were you able to refine their performances? Or did you find that you were not taking them in different directions so much as collaborating with them? I, I think that it's important for any director to collaborate and not to tell somebody what to do. I, I hope I didn't do that too often <laughs> throughout the process. But I think, I think what, what's really important with stories like this that are, are, are so in, intense and, and tricky is, is, is just a lot of trust. You have to have a lot of trust for, with, your, with your actors. You have to have a lot of trust with your crew, particularly in prep as we were working through rehearsal. I think that's what a lot of that was, was building up that trust and that understanding of where we were all coming from with the material. Um, I mean, I, it's, it's funny because, you know, for such a difficult, for such a difficult subject, it was really such a smooth process. And I really chalked that up to, to Puya and Lynn and also to the rest of our cast and crew of, of just having people that were so engaged with the material that were willing to have those discussions that were willing to open themselves up as we all were, I think. And that goes all the way down to our, our grip and electric folks. I was blown away one time we, we were, I was apologizing and somebody was apologizing, one of the producers to them for this late day. And they were like, no, no, but it's for the movie. You know, it's for Marian's for the movie. And, and to have that, that faith bestowed upon me, um, I think only forced, encouraged me and emboldened me to push just as hard as I possibly could when it came to all aspects and including myself, I just have to say it was literally the most rewarding magical, beautiful 13 days of my life that I don't know if it'll ever be topped again. You know, it was, it was just an honest to God, magical experience. And it feels magical in the way that it translates. And especially with the way that you also integrate the artistic experience into the script, integrating so much of what performance is into the script 
in terms of the story of, of these women who are creative and powerful and trying to take control in different ways. And I wonder, was that you trying to do the same? Um, I think it was. I, I also was inspired by one of our, one of my really close friends, Lara Sandman's a performance artist. And at the time when I was writing this, we were hanging out a lot and, and the performance artist aspect started coming in. I think that was also something that I felt Naomi needed was she needed something that like a bold outlet to say, like, this is who I am. And then to have that sort of slowly pulled and stripped away from her sort of throughout this like period of time that they've been apart. I felt like it would be like me not being able to make film, you know, just be like the oxygen sort of sucked out of the air. And, and one of the things that's very difficult to do on film, I think is, is, and, and there have been plenty of films lately that have really proven me wrong. But um, I think it's also very hard to find a form of art that can be shown on screen that feels kinetic, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I felt like performance art has this kineticism. It has that lived in feeling. It has, you're, you're physically moving about. And I mean, and, and like I said, I mean, Portrait of a Lady on Fire proved me wrong when it comes to like being able to expressively show painting in a really incredible way. But at the same time, um, I thought performance artist, art was also something that hadn't really been covered a lot in film. Which is a shame because it is such a visual medium. It is a shame, but it's lovely the way that you use it in your film. And it's a, it's a wonderful film that you've created that's such a testament to your skill visually as well as narratively. I really hope you have a lot of projects lined up after this. I got I got I could feel well, I have a lot of scripts. I've been prepping a lot of scripts over these years and hopefully now is going to be the time when we can get these things out into the world. That's wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, I wish you best of luck at the festival all three of you and I I just want to thank you so much for this interview. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This has been lovely. Yep. Thank, thank you. you. You have a wonderful day, Aria. You too. Thank you for listening, and thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of land stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch.